Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. We are on to episode 31 now. I can't believe we are into the 30s and I'm absolutely loving it. Anyway, we have a really exciting episode today, but before we get into that, I just want to quickly mention, I promise I won't bore you with all the details, that my Nourish, Move and Shine program is starting again on the 15th of May. So Nourish, Move and Shine is my group coaching. It is specifically designed for busy ladies. So busy mums, busy professionals, ladies who find it difficult to find time to prioritise themselves, but that they really want to prioritise themselves because they want to feel better, they want to feel healthier, they want to look better, they want to look healthier, they want to get fitter. Um, this is for you. It um, I am a busy mum of three myself, as you know, so I know how to make this work within your lifestyle. And it's all about, there's nothing restrictive, it's all just gradual habits, step by step, starting where you are, improving slightly from where you are and making changes over time. It is an eight week program, but it's more than just a program. It's a community of like minded ladies that support each other along the way. And I have loads of ladies who are doing eight weeks after eight weeks and just continuously working towards their goals. And it's just become this magical place of growth and kind of self-discovery and building of self-confidence so if you're interested the new intake is the 15th of may check it out on my website katehamiltonhealth.com or even onto my social media my it'll, it's on my facebook and my instagram at katehamiltonhealth or if you want to drop me an email to ask me any questions specifically work away my email address is katehamiltonhealth at gmail.com so anyway today's episode is an interview and I was chatting with Carl O'Rourke. So Carl is an online personal trainer. His business is Carl O'Rourke Fitness. Um, he trains people online through his school of fitness. So um, he also has his own podcast, which is the School of Fitness podcast, which you can get on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this, I suppose. Um, so definitely check it out. We had such a great conversation. Um, Carl has over six years experience as a personal trainer. He was one of those first people to make that transition from in person to online. So this was before COVID when everyone else jumped on the bandwagon, before online coaching was really big. Um, Carl has been doing it since then. So he has so much experience. He has so much knowledge and it's a really, really valuable conversation. So we talk about all things from daily habits and their importance to finding like fitness and exercise that you actually enjoy and how important that is along the way, much more than the actual specific details. Um, we talk about cardio and its importance and about how we need to get that balance between resistance training and cardio and how cardio can take all shapes and forms. It doesn't have to just be absolutely killing yourself on a bike or you know out running that it can be simple things like dancing or walking and um, we talk about dropping this perfectionism of waiting for the right moment and just taking action and what kind of advice that he gives in order to be able to take action every day to move towards your goals so i really really enjoyed this conversation and i really hope that you get as much value out of it as i did so anyway without further ado we'll get to the episode. Carl, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very honored to be on the podcast. I'm After delighted. seeing your uh, your your lists of previous guests, I was like, right, that's that's a big competition to live up to, but I'll try my best to to provide some value of some sort to your listeners. 
I know I am delighted to have you on and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on um everything because it's funny like um for anyone who doesn't uh, doesn't know you like I've known you since you were five years old but we've actually never sat down and had a conversation about health and fitness or you know this is our first work conversation ever yeah so um one of one of many obviously because you will be on my podcast now uh, in two weeks as well yeah I'm looking forward to it now I'll have to get the glam squad out if I'm going to be on camera (laughs) um I know but um for anyone who doesn't know who you are do you want to tell them a little bit about you what you do and what got you kind of to where you are now okay cool so um Right now, I'm well. I will. Always, I'll always just consider myself as as a personal trainer. Right now, my job, I would describe it more so is, I I work with clients online and I try to educate them as as much as possible about exercising and dieting and, and doing it in a way that's not going to, you know, disrupt their life in any way. In terms of okay, it won't cause damage to their relationship with uh, food, to their relationship with themselves. Um, to kind of do a lot of inner work before they look at the results that they actually want. So that's what I kind of do now. And that all kind of stemmed from, I've been in the fitness industry for six years now. And it started off with um, getting a job in a gym, um, taking classes, doing assessments, um, running my one-to-one personal training, um, finding a real love for that, for tr- training with people and working with people on a daily basis. And then from there, I um, did boot camps. And uh, from there, I went from doing boot camps. I brought, got up to like 100 members doing boot camps. And then I decided, okay, I've done everything that I wanted to do with that. I loved it, but I wanted to try something else. And that's when in 2019, I uh, moved to Australia and I transitioned from doing boot camps in my local town to then starting my uh, online program which was the school of fitness which was to work with people more so um one-to-one and and individually and work on their mindset and and the kind of disruptive habits that they they find on a daily basis more so than doing kind of in-group training and that's what I've been trying to do for the last three years and slowly getting better at doing it day to day but uh still probably have a lot of work to do in, in terms of being the best coach I can for my clients yeah, that's amazing. So you were actually ahead of the curve. So you like before, because everyone obviously transitioned over to online COVID, after COVID yeah. hit, but you were yeah. kind of ahead of the game in that. Thing. Yeah, I was I was 2019. And uh, so I went traveling for six weeks in Southeast Asia with three of my friends. And the plan was always we would do Asia and then we were moving to Melbourne. And from Melbourne, I was going to start my online business from there. And I did. I started it in December and I had a couple of clients hadn't a clue what I was doing um it was a it was a tough transition it was a tough transition also because I built up um I built up a name as you know like the person to go to for for boot camps and it was really it was a really successful business and a lot of people wanted to come to me and then when I transitioned from doing boot camps to um working online and and doing a completely different kind of service it was a tough transition because I didn't have the um the business that I wanted yet. I didn't have the demand of people wanting to come to me and uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. So uh, it was difficult at the start. And then I think that like anything, like you're, you're not really going to know what you're doing the first year or two. I'm st- like still getting to grips with what I'm doing, but um, 
I started to kind of pick up a couple of clients, started to understand systems and, and knowing what I was doing then. And I was finally getting a little bit of a flow in Melbourne and then COVID hit and uh, we lost our apartment and they were uh, they were cancelling all the flights home and we were like, oh, do we stay in Melbourne or do we go home? And we decided to go home. We actually got the last flight before uh, Qatar Airways closed down. One of our friends, he waited uh, he waited eight hours before or after us to decide whether to to leave Australia or not. And because he waited that eight hours time difference, he had to get like five flights to get home, whereas we got the last direct flight home. So that's how quickly things were were changing. And then yeah. Melbourne, I think, went into like four lockdowns. They had probably Australia the in general for like a solid yeah. year didn't let people in or out, didn't they? Yeah, not it, like was, it was like they had they had huge protests and stuff like that. So then when I was in hindsight looking back, it was it was probably the best decision to to come home. And so I came back home to Wicklow then and because obviously I already had a little bit of a head start in terms of uh, online coaching and building a program, then business kind of boomed from there because everyone had to train from home and work from home and everyone had to kind of, like nobody had heard of Zoom before. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And now nobody doesn't know what Zoom is. Um, So yeah, I was was kind of a little bit ahead of the curve, but COVID definitely gave me a push in a a positive direction that like, okay, like there is a, there is a need for kind of online coaching and online programs and, and, and it helped me to kind of push my business and and know that I made the right decision, which is great. And now for a lot of people, um, lockdown was really, really difficult time. For me, it was probably a great time because it gave me, yeah. gave me even more purpose and that I made the right decision to transition from boot camps and in-person PT to then uh, going online and helping people that way. Yeah, no, it, and it, like that's such like an amazing story to hear because I find it... So some people particularly like I'm presuming you kind of work with older people and younger people that, you know, younger people are much quicker to um to go for online training. Yeah. I think it's probably like a generational thing, but I find anyone who's going to say older people like, you know, I'm including myself and in that anyone kind of 30 plus a lot, not everyone, but a lot of people are kind of no, I want in person. I want classes. They're reluctant to go down the online route. And I think a lot of it is to do with probably not really knowing what's involved and I think with classes and like what you're saying with your boot camps and how you kind of wanted to transition to online and a bit more the cl- and because I'm doing classes at the minute and I love it like I really look forward to my classes every week and but you can't like it's literally just a cherry on top of the classes you can't exactly you can't actually you can help them with with their movement and with yeah. their fitness but you can't work on the underlying layers and the issues that are that are kind of as soon as they go, they leave the class, are still there basically. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I have so 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 many people before they um, and you're absolutely right. It's definitely a general generation thing. Whereas like people think oh, they're not tech savvy and they're like, how how is this going to work? How am I going to get in shape by doing something online? I need someone in person. What what people probably don't understand is when they when they attempt their their goals are usually weight loss or fat loss. It's ninety percent of people mm-hmm. have that as a goal in mind in their head. It's an initial goal off. anyway, even if their yeah, goals change. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Sometimes actually they just want to improve health markers, but they think that weight loss is how they need to do that, which is another conversation altogether. But in terms of they think that um okay, for me to do this I need to, you know, do the boot camp or do the in person training, which obviously like it's a it's a massive positive thing if anyone goes and does a class or goes to do a workout of some sort and to, to walk in the door and like it shouldn't be you know one or the other it's like there's different services for different people all the time 
and mm. at different points in their life. But what people fail to remember is that that, you know, boot camp or that class, that's only one hour out of your day, maybe three times a week. And it really is the habits and the behaviors that you're doing for the other 23 hours of the day that's really going to determine your results if it is fat loss, if it is weight loss, if it even is improving your health markers. Now you can you can not change your diet, not change the stresses in your life, you know, not focus on anything else. But even if you're just exercising three times a week, you're still going to see massive benefits from that as well anyway. Mm. Um, but but it but it definitely is the online um coaching is more so probably specifically around taking a view of every time everything you do outside of um that one hour in the gym or that one hour in the boot camp. Yeah. So talking about outside of the boot camp, outside of the gym, what are these habits that you get your clients working with? The yes. everyday ones that make this difference? So I would say that obviously dietary patterns is, is a big thing that comes up. Um overall activity levels. So obviously we're probably you know, in a in a generation now where people are less active than ever. Um, so getting your activity levels up, getting your step count up throughout the day is going to have a huge impact. And, you know, I always say this to people that obviously we, we all have the oh, 10,000 steps is the is the goal because that's how it was marketed um, for so long. But what people need to understand is that all you need to do is focus on doing a little bit more than you were doing before wherever your starting point is and this is why this is why I kind of work individually with people and and you know have the coaching calls and work with people on a specific basis and understand you know where they are in their journey what their experience level is what their overall lifestyle looks like what their schedule looks like and where wherever that they are in that we're just trying to bridge the gap from where they are to where they want to be and that could be something as simple as okay someone who might be on the desk for 10, 12 hours a day. Like it might be unrealistic for them to go out and get 10,000 steps. Okay, so maybe we're just getting them up from, you know, 5,000 or 2,000 steps up to, you know, 6,600 steps and so on and so forth. It's the minimum effective dose, the minimum minimum we need to do in order to push you along your journey, in order to improve your health markers, lose the weight that you want, get the results that you want. So it's just looking at all, all these little things across the board that we can implement to, you know, get you the overall result that you want. Now, one is obviously all right, increasing your activity levels. Another might be improving someone's sleep. Another might be trying to reduce their stress levels. Another might be trying to, a lot of the clients that I work with, what they tend to do is they tend to skip meals. And that's a big thing in, in my program where um, people tend to skip meals throughout the day. They're on the go all day. They're busy. They're looking after other people. You know, they're uh, worried about work. And, you know, they might just go the whole day without have, with just having a coffee. And because they haven't eaten all day, they get to the end of the day, they're tired, they have nothing prepared. And what do they do? They probably go and order a takeaway. They have the takeaway. They're probably still hungry after that because they've only had about 200, 300 calories throughout the whole day. So they're still hungry. And then they get to the press and then they're raiding junk food all night. And of course they're raiding junk food because, you know, they haven't eaten anything all day. Their body is screaming out for calories. So... They think that they have no willpower in the evenings, that, you know, they are addicted to junk food, they're addicted to chocolate. They've just been undereating throughout the day. And it's a common thing that if you undereat in the mornings, you're going to overeat in the evenings. So one thing that I try to get people to do when they come into the program is they're going to have regular meals at regular times, obviously base it around their structure. Um, 
basically get them to start thinking of themselves like an athlete, which I know is a difficult thing for people who have never trained before. But, you know, an athlete doesn't underfeed themselves. An athlete doesn't, um, you know, go the whole night without sleep and staying up till three o'clock in the morning. They they have regular naps through the day. Now, obviously, that's not possible if you have three kids and you have a full-time job. But trying to do all the little small things that compound over time to give you the best result possible so you feel your strongest, you feel your most energetic. And that is things like reducing stress, making sure that you're sleeping, making sure that you're feeding yourself, that you're feeding yourself like an athlete, making sure that you're prioritizing exercise, you're prioritizing activity levels. All these things will, will compound over time to give you the best result. And to make it sustainable. I think that's a huge point as well. That like as you like you're you're naming all these different things, that it very much gets done, I would imagine, in a step-by-step approach. That you're Absolutely. doing a, a few, as you said, a few more steps than you used to do. Um, trying to get to bed 10 minutes earlier than you did the night before, not staying up till 3 a.m., that kind of stuff. And how it just has to be something that you're going to be like what I would say to my clients if you can't stick if you if this isn't something that you can stick with for the foreseeable future for the rest of your life let's say I know like that's if you're losing body fat you're you know you will be bringing calories up again but in general the habits that are in place to help with that they need to be ones that you're willing to do for the long haul because otherwise it's just you might get the results but then you have this anxiety of trying to sustain them or as soon as you stop working with a coach or stop doing a program suddenly then you're just going to start yeah 100 yeah, well the, like the top the majority of the type of clients that i work with it's like they're they are looking for longevity in their life they're just looking to improve their overall quality of life rather than you know do a six-week stretch for ibiza or whatever so it is you know we are looking at the long term here and if you can't sustain the actions and habits then you're not going to sustain the results so therefore us to do extremes isn't isn't going to be something that's going to you know work for you long term and it is it's just it's like it's running a marathon it's not doing a sprint essentially so it's like okay what whatever we do here can we stick to this long term and sometimes that's about creating non-negotiables for them and making it low barrier entries because if we make it too grand and too big yeah they might stick to it for two weeks then they start to get exhausted and they're like this isn't something that i can keep up so we have to work with people where they are but then also hold them to some sort of a standard for them to actually to you know, see the results they want. Yeah. So it, it there, there's always going to be like if if you're living life where you've been eating what you want carelessly, you know, you've been going to bed when you want carelessly, you haven't really been taking any kind of ownership or 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 responsibility, like there will be a degree of restriction there because you need to hold yourself to some sort of a standard. But the idea is not to go from holding some sort of a standard to then creating unrealistic standards that no one's going to be able to keep to. And if you can't keep to, if you can't adhere to it, if you can't be consistent to it long-term, you're not going to, you're not going to maintain the results you want. And, and that's ideally we, what we want here. We want you to be able to maintain the results, be able to maintain some sort of, um, you know, healthy behaviors that are, are going to impact your life in a positive way for the rest of your life, not just for the next six weeks and then yo-yo diet back. Yeah. And it's very much about finding that speed, that speed, that sweet spot there. So you're getting out of your comfort zone. You need like you, you're not going to grow. You're not going to change in your comfort zone. So it is going to get a little uncomfortable, but it's getting to that point that you don't go too far to the point of overwhelm where you're going to yeah. end up saying, fuck it. Right. I give up. 
that this doesn't work for me. And then you're just straight back into the safe zone and then you're back in your old habits. So it's, that's what the step by step approach is so important. But yeah. then as well, I think with the step there's like because when you're working with really different personalities, I think some some people are like, oh, yeah, no, I want to change it all. And, you know, and then they get to that point of overwhelm. Other people are really cautious. Um, but I think a lot of people are really, really impatient. And I think as well, it's very much managing expectations, being like, you are not going to these before and after pictures are a year apart, two, three years apart. You're not going to get this in eight weeks, but we will make changes. You will feel amazing in a week's time and you need to learn to enjoy the journey. But that you have to be patient and you have to be consistent. Yeah, I always use the the saying be impatiently patient so be patient for the the long-term goal whatever that is yeah. let's say that's to lose 20 kilos be patient for that but be impatient in the process to get it so be impatient in the fact that you know you know i need to get six six thousand six hundred steps every day so be impatient and say you know what that is going to be my priority today i'm going to get that or be impatient to say i'm going to make sure i nail these three meals that i'm going to have with 30 grams yeah. of protein or whatever it is so be impatient to 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 the process to them actions that are going to get yeah. you there but then be patient to the overall result because that's going to take time like you can do everything right for two weeks and still not lose any weight but it doesn't mean that it was a waste of two weeks or it doesn't mean that the healthy actions and behaviors that you implemented for them two weeks are a waste it just means that regardless of how much you want it weight loss still takes time and becoming healthier still takes time and getting stronger still takes time but you don't go into the gym do one session and then you know you're magically the person that you want to become you're magically stronger you're magically in shape it's you know compound effect doing the same things every day week after week year after year and that's when it starts to you know take fruit for what you want and i think this is where a lot of people go not go wrong but fall victim to i suppose that it's that after two weeks or three or four weeks and they step on the scales um or they see a photo of themselves and they're physically not where they think they should be mentally and it causes this panic this real sense of disappointment and they give and a lot of people give up or or if they don't give up straight away their subconscious mind starts to self-sabotage them they're like oh what's the point oh like you know yeah. after putting in all and that's why it's important for the the hard work not to be too hard either it's like okay no I can keep going at this because I know but it's very hard when you've never been there to get that to have that faith that you're getting you're getting there it can be very yeah. hard to actually believe that you can do it especially with a lot of the women that I work with and I'm sure I'm sure you're the same you know who people who've come from diet culture slim and clubs constant dieting from when they were 21 up until they're 35 you know it's it can be really a hard one to to push past mindset wise yeah we we trip ourselves up all the time and I always say to the people that I'm working with just stay in the game, stay in the game, because if you stay in the game, eventually you're going to win. And the problem with people is they don't see the results they want because they give up before they're about to get the result that they want. And they usually give up before they're about to get the result they want because probably their approach was maybe too restrictive, wasn't suitable to their lifestyle and so on and so forth. But if we can create something, like you said, that's sustainable long term, and then we can keep their head in the game long enough, eventually they will see the change that they want. Um, but it is difficult and that's why having a coach I think is 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 really valuable it's the fact that okay we're constantly berating ourselves we're constantly giving out to ourselves we're constantly expecting better from ourselves and we're 
like we're put we put a lot of pressure on ourselves so then to have someone who can kind of challenge that and be like okay why do you why are you expecting to lose weight this week okay why are you uh giving out to yourself because you had sunday where you know you had a takeaway with the partner you had some chocolate after like what's so bad about that you know and kind of helping them to reframe their thoughts into a more positive one than a more negative one will eventually let them kind of stay in that game long enough to see the results that they want I think it's so important to have someone to bounce ideas off because all of us are our own worst enemy. And when you think about it, the most high performing people in the world, they all have coaches. They have mm-hmm. mindset coaches. They have physical coaches, you know, to help them stay focused towards their goals. I know it's a bit more of an extreme, um, but like in general, coaches have coaches. Yeah. Um, therapists have therapists. You know what I mean? Yeah. That everybody needs someone to bounce their ideas off and they're. Uh, imposter syndrome or they're you know feeling that they're not going to be able to do this or when they feel like giving up everyone has it and having a coach really really does help I do it to myself all the time okay if we if we even take it from weight loss to like a business perspective I do it to myself all the time where I'm like okay why am I doing as successful as that person you know why am I um you know, as smart as that person why can't I speak like them why can't uh, my business be as thriving as them and I'm like I say to myself all the time, oh, maybe I should just uh, quit. Like I had a, I had a spell there about six months ago and I was like, oh, maybe I should just uh, leave the industry and, and try something else because it's not working for me. Well, like realistically, if I was coaching myself, I'd be like, well, what's wrong with you? You're doing absolutely great. Look at all these positive things, but we never look at the positive things that yeah. we've done before. And we're we always... forget to where we came from. Like, as I did yeah. the same, like obviously um, my listeners will know that I'm kind of transit career transitioning which we won't go into in um, this conversation but every now and again I'm like oh no I'm going back teaching like you know the safety net I'm like what yeah. am I doing and then 100%. and like I would say this maybe to Dave my husband or whatever and um he'd be like Kate you're doing it two years look where you were two years ago you know what I mean calm down yeah. like you know you think we can all look at someone else and be like why am I as successful as them and you're like well hold on a second the a lot of these people have put a lot years of hard work in that no one has seen when no one was listening to their videos and no you know so it's and that's important in relation to fitness as well then to remember that i uh i love there's a there's a there's a video of a girl that i always share and she's an, an olympian a swimmer and um she has this uh rule of trees and it's like when you're chasing a dream whatever it is or you're chasing a big goal there's the rule of three which is you know you're supposed to feel crappy a third of the time you're supposed to feel okay a third of the time and you're supposed to feel great and motivated a third of the time and if the balance is off it might be like if you're feeling crappy a lot of the time it might be that you're pushing yourself too hard or you're kind of overtraining, or you know you're just you you need to pull back and rest a little bit Um, if you're feeling great all the time you might be a little bit too comfortable and you're not getting out of your comfort zone enough and then there's supposed to be kind of a balance between the, the three of them and it just goes to show that like you know, when you're having them bad days when you're like, oh, why am I doing as well as I can? Oh, this is really tough. Actually, I'm really struggling. It's like, this is actually part of it because you're feeling uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable to see change. It is uncomfortable to see progress. You're mm-hmm. allowed to be that. But obviously, you don't want to feel like that all the time. But there will be spells of it. Like You're never yeah. going to feel great all the time. You're never going to feel neutral all the time. Like And you're never going to feel crappy all the time. And if you have that kind of you know balance of you know you know feeling the crappy little bit of time because you are uncomfortable because change is uncomfortable 
you know, and then other times when you feel great because, you know, you've proven to yourself that you can do it and that is rewarding and progress is rewarding. So you will feel great a third of the time and then you should feel neutral a third of the time as well. So if you can, if you can balance them three things and if you can also get out of your head and have a conversation with yourself and say, this part is normal, it might be the thing that stops you from kind of self-sabotaging yourself and, and continuing along that path. Definitely. The solid habits to just keep powering through when things are hard, when things are neutral, you know, even when things are exciting and there's celebrations on just having your, your basics that you do all the time because, you know, it's one step in front of the other, getting you closer to your goal and then managing the mindset. So whatever way that is, whether it is with a coach, whether you are some people are great at talking to themselves. I'm not like I need someone to talk me down off the ledge every now and again. But I think most of us are like yeah. that. And then the panic as well that goes like, you know, when it comes with the, with the career like your, of your own business where you're like, oh, what if this doesn't work out? What if I end up broke? What if I, you know, have no clients? That, you know, you could have loads of clients. Like I've, you know, been doing really well at certain times. I mean, like, oh, I'll never be able to keep to keep this up. You know, yeah. and like, you're, you have like, that. Oh, you're like six months time. Oh, my God. Like, what if I yeah. have nobody, you know, and it's, it's, that, and it's, it's that it's that it's that it's that voice in your head that's just always kind of appearing and being like it's just it's self-doubt that's 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 exactly what it is but I think I think you can learn to to quiet that down the more you kind of um prove to yourself that you, that you can do it it's like you know when you go to the gym for the first time or you go into a new gym even that you haven't been and you have that wave of anxiety and you're like oh shit but then the second day you go in it's that little bit smaller and the next day it's that little bit smaller and that little bit smaller and it starts you, to become normal. You, yeah it starts it starts to just quiet down and quiet down and mm. then you start to be like you know what i belong here i'm absolutely fine here i can i can do this and it's because you've proven to yourself over and over again that you can get through the door and mm. i think uh, alex hermosi has this uh, beautiful saying it's uh, like you don't you don't become confident by uh, shouting affirmations in the mirror but by you know, having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. So yeah. by you, you go just out come, there and prove it to yourself. You've proved it. it. It's yeah. like it's like it's like this podcast, Kate. I'd say the first podcast you did, you were, you know, nerves. Sweat. Sitting yeah. <laughs> there sweating. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm the exact same. Even when I get asked to do podcasts, I'm like the first one I did, I had to cancel it because I was so up in my head that I needed to have the perfect answer to every question. Yeah. And that perfectionism actually prevented me from actually taking action and, and, and being on the yeah. podcast. And it's a, a lot of clients have that perfectionist mindset as well, that they're, they're waiting to start for the right time because they want to do everything perfect. If they're going to do a program, they want to be able to get the best result and they want to do everything perfect and they don't want any interruptions, which is not life at all. So mm. um, if we can kind of say to ourselves that like, it's not about being perfect. It's about taking action. And when you take that action, you prove to yourself that you can do something. And with that action then comes confidence over time. But you have to continue to do it on a regular basis and prove to yourself. And there's actually nothing more empowering than doing something for yourself, watching how yourself do things that you didn't know you could do. And then you're like, oh, hold on a second. Maybe I actually can do that. Then like that, you'll have wobbly days where you're like, oh, no, yeah. I, I'm never going to be able to keep this going. You know, and then you have another good day, you know, a few ordinary days habits. And then suddenly you're like, wow, look, like, look at me. Look what I can do. I wonder what else I can do. Yeah. And it, it, <laughs> and that's the journey. And I think when we talk about as well, about the journey being sustainable, it's so, so important that it's more than sustainable, that it's actually enjoyable and that it's empowering. And that's so easy to do. And what what that would look like for you might be different to what it would look like for me that it would look like for Mary down the road so like this is brings it back to like the boot camps that some people 
love to do classes because they love classes. They love the energy in it. Some people like I personally love going headphones into the gym by myself. I've got three kids, you know, I, I need the headspace. And that's, that's what I love to do. When my kids were smaller, I couldn't do that. I was home workouts on my kitchen floor and I loved that. So I think, first of all, it's finding something that's doable, sustainable, but it has to be enjoyable because it's going to be the long run. Like I started working out in 20, the end of 2015, like, and we're now, what, 2023? You know, so it's something you're going to be doing for a long time and it'll change along the way, depending on your circumstances and yeah. Um, but like that's 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 for to give people context like that's eight years of training and training with different methods there was a baby ways. in between that as well yeah yeah and the thing is like you like because you have been consistent and you've stayed in the game for the last eight years like you're able to go into the gym and be confident enough to go and do your own workout and have the headphones in and stuff like that some people they're not at that stage so being able to get into the class and have someone to look after them there and, and yeah and then for them, like we said, like it's it's proven to yourself that you can do it. So you you go in and you do the class. You feel great for doing it. You prove that you can go and do that class and be confident. And then that builds to maybe something else. Maybe it's you getting your own program and doing it in the gym and being able to hold your own. Maybe it's then from you going from having a having a love for fitness to actually you know going and pursuing that as a career, like, like exactly like you did, Kate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you have these stepping stones and. Our job as coaches is obviously to, you know, meet people where they are and create that stepping stone for them. Let them prove to themselves that they can do it. That builds their confidence. And then, you know, they go and pursue more bigger, grander goals. But Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Like I've worked with clients that like, you know, suddenly this belief in themselves and this focus in themselves. I've one girl in mind um, in particular, and she went and like she, you know, she started journaling and everything through this whole process. And she ended up she one of her goals that she put down was that she wanted to be doing a job that was meaningful like to her values like that she really believed in and she went on and and, and, and an opportunity came up she did the interview and she got the job and she's now doing this job that she absolutely loves because she started to believe in herself and like for ages she was like Kate like you know this is all thanks to you and your program I was like no it's not like you're the one who's put in the mindset work you're the one who's done this um and it's just that self-belief like that you actually cannot put a price on it like well that's why that's why i do i i love exercise so much and i and i believe it's something that everyone should should be doing and it's not because like i love exercise other people don't love exercise and that's okay all right but for them people i always say we we have to reframe your thoughts then because okay you don't have to love exercise but you do have to understand that exercise is going to be a tool to allow you to do the things that you do want to do so for instance with your client you know exercise was the tool that gave her the confidence to then pursue other other aspects of her life yes. and like i think that's such a valuable thing so if you can say that okay i don't really i don't really enjoy working out too much but i'm going to do it anyway because i know that i'm going to feel more productive throughout the day this is going to have an impact on my work you know maybe i get that promotion that i want or maybe you know i come home in a better mood for my kids or for my partner and or maybe it, it creates longevity in my life so you know i'm old enough to be able to play with my grandkids and stuff like that so you're just it's just a vehicle to get you to the place that you want to be to have that kind of positive impact on your overall life so like i think it's something that everyone needs to do but I understand it's not something that everyone's going to be as passionate about, but it's still something that you need to do. But I will give you all these other little things in your life that you probably aren't aware of right now. And there's so much to it. It doesn't just have to be going absolutely bursting it in a boot camp. Like, you know, like fitness, 
or health and fitness is such a broad spectrum. And I be, I genuinely believe there's something there for everyone. So when someone says, oh, I don't like exercise, it's like, have you tried every single exercise under the sun? You know, or I don't like walking. OK, you don't like walking, but maybe you'd like walking on a nice beach somewhere with listening to a podcast. You know, there's loads of ways to adjust habits to at least try it. And it's just to get out of that closed mindset and be like, OK, well, I'm going to try things and find something I like because sitting there doing nothing, feeling sorry for yourself and hating your circumstances isn't going to make you any happier. So you might as well get a little uncomfortable, try a few things you don't like until you find something you do. Because like we're talking like there's sports, there's gym, there's home workouts, there's boot camps, there's walking, there's cycling, there's martial arts, there's like there's dancing, there's there's everything like. Yeah, um, just there, like I have a client and she absolutely despises cardio. And I was like, well, you need to do some sort of cardio because, you know, the the positive benefits that come to it are too great not to be doing it. And she was like, all right, well, I, I love dancing. I was like, ideal, that's cardio. Do you know what I mean? Cardio, and, yeah. And like she, like she couldn't think of anything worse than going for a 5K walk or going for a 5K run, but she's probably done that amount in steps in that hour of, of dancing where she's also had that community aspect, but she's also got, you know, an escape from the house and from work for that mm-hmm. hour as well. And then she's obviously got the benefits from it as well. So there is always a thing, but you'll only find that thing until you've tried enough things that like yeah, you can't so you've stepped out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You can like, you it's, and I always, you could even relate this back to diets and it's like, or to diets. It's like, okay, that diet didn't work for you. Okay. Herbalife didn't work for you. Okay. You know, uh, gong carnivore didn't work for you. Like do you've tried all these diets and it's okay that they failed because all they did was give you back feedback. And this is goes back to reframing your thoughts. It's like, you're not a failure. That diet failed you. And it's like, okay, well, let's reframe our thoughts here that, okay, we've tried these diets. Now we know that these don't work so we can cross them off the list. Let's try another way of eating. Let's try another way of exercising. You're just, you have to keep trying enough things until something sticks. And there's too many there's too many things in the world for you not to find something that you love. Like that's impossible. Everybody loves yeah. something. Everyone gets a reward from something. Our brain is wired that way, you know, to, to get rewards from doing things. So there's no way that, you know, you can't find a way of exercising that's going to be beneficial towards your health and your overall quality of life. There's no way that you're not going to be able to find an eating pattern that, you know, is sustainable for you long-term that also contributes to your overall health. And like, there's, it's impossible, but you just have to continue to try different ways of meds until you find that. Yeah. And I think everyone deserves to find something that lights them up inside. Yeah. 100%. And in order to do that, you have to get out of your own head. And in order, the best way to get out of your own head is to move in some way, whether it's like yoga being another one, like yoga, like just, I find if I'm stressed and there's a lot going on in my head, I need to move. I don't need to, like, I don't run. I don't, you know, my cardio at the minute is walking because I'm just, I'm so much on. I'm like, I like, I tra- I go and I strength train in the gym four times a week and I walk yeah, as much yeah. as I can. And I love, if, if possible, I like to walk on my own. And, um, but that's and in a way that ties in with my meditation. It clears my head. It gets me focused. And I think until you get out of your own head, you can't actually, think about what it is that actually you really enjoy especially if you're so bogged down with kids and husbands and jobs and you know chores that it's like life can become really like you're being dragged along like for the ride and in order to take control of that you need to kind of really know what you love know what you want and that takes time and you just that doesn't have to be a huge amount of time but I would recommend everyone needs 10 minutes a day to themselves oh yeah I think walking's a superpower and you know when I was younger I didn't really think too much about it but now it's it's something that I love and I also 
I think it's James Clear um talks about um habit stacking where okay yeah. you 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 add something that you don't really enjoy on top of something that you do enjoy so so you can you know obviously continue with that that positive habit that's going to have a positive outcome and even with walking it's like I love walking but I don't love walking because I love walking I love walking because that's my time to listen to a podcast yeah you know? see it as uh, your alone time that's it that is. Yeah. so so I I look forward to a walk but it has nothing to do with the the overall benefits of, yeah. of I'm not there looking at my heart rate and my steps. Yeah, I, I, over. I, I, I used just... to do that. I used to be like, oh, oh, I've only this amount of sets, you know, and then it's amazing just the mindset shift. And when you realize what you are enjoying from it. Yeah, it, it's huge. So I, so that's, that, that's my thing. And I, and I even try to kind of implement that with my clients in, in other ways. So it might be like, you know, the, the girl who doesn't really have time throughout the day to be making meals. So she needs to kind of meal prep in the evening, but she, she couldn't think of anything worse than to meal prep in the evening. So it's like, okay, how can we habit stack this? It's like, okay, you're going to do your meal prep in the evenings while watching your favorite show. You're going to have the iPad there in front of you. Yeah. So at least then you're, you're adding something that you actually look forward to every evening, you know, nine o'clock, yeah. violence, whatever it is. And then you're adding that on top of something that you need to do in order to get the best, best performance out of you throughout the day, which is have your meals prepared. So there's always little ways that we, we can attack this. So something that you might feel like you dread, but you know is going to be beneficial to you. Like, we can turn that into a positive habit and then it gets easier obviously the more you do it you get more efficient at doing it um and then it doesn't feel like a chore so much yeah i wanted to come back to you to the point about cardio because i remember watching one of your videos before i want to talk about your content as well in a minute but um i nowadays it seems to be the cool thing online and just you know with personal trainers online at the minute like slagging people for doing cardio you know oh why are you doing all these stupid burpees and why you know all this kind of um kind of like this kind of shaming of people for doing boot camps for doing you know high intensity workouts and how it's just cool now just lift heavy weights that's all you need to do which I do think you know obviously resistance training is really important but um I'd love you to share your thoughts on cardio and um this whole kind of I suppose what's the word uh, fad of kind of making fun of cardio and you don't need cardio. So I think what happens a lot in the fitness industry and in the the diet space is we go from one extreme to the other. Now there was a point I think maybe in the nineties, maybe in the eighties, where um or maybe it was in the two thousands where because cardio was pushed so much for people to kind of lose weight, which obviously we know in order to lose weight it's not really about exercise. Obviously exercise will aid weight loss. Um, but it's more looking at our overall kind of dietary pattern and stuff like that. But there, there was a big push, I think, to, you know, go out running every evening if you want to, to, to lose weight. And, you know, for someone who's over 100 kilos, going out and running a 5K or 10K probably isn't the best thing for them, probably isn't the best thing for their joints. So there was a real push for, you know, you have to lose, you, you have to do cardio to lose weight. So then, you know, push on a couple of years then it was the opposite thing it's like you don't need you don't need to do cardio to lose weight you shouldn't run running's bad for losing weight and then people went the opposite way of saying that cardio isn't necessary so it went from one extreme to the other mm. where which is something that we always do well obviously like with resistance training and with cardio it should never never be uh one or the other it's a boat all right you need both for 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 different things in your life cardio for heart health forever all the other kind of um positive benefits that come from it never mind uh even heart health even just you know 
mental clarity that you get from going for a walk or going from run it's huge um but then you also need resistance training for all the health benefits you know prevent scoliosis and uh, sarcopenia and all these things and like preventing injuries so it should never be one or the other we should be mixing both and i see that a lot as well people oh you don't need to do a burpee blah 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 but if people want to do a burpee in a class and they feel good after it well then it's the right exercise for them like there is no bad exercises there's just bad implementation of them exercises for the wrong client Right. There's always a regression. There's always a progression. There's always something that can be fitted in. Like the most important thing is that if you enjoy it and you can do it, we, we just talked about this earlier. If you can do something sustainably and consistently, it's going to have a, a positive impact. So if that's going to a CrossFit class and doing a mix of, you know, uh, jump squats and burpees and thrusters and so on and so forth, if that's going and doing uh, a more you know, bodybuilder, you know, using cables and stuff like that, and then maybe going for a, a little walk. Like, that's fine. We have to find what works best for you, implement that, and then we see the results from your adherence to that exercise. So that that that's the most important thing. Um, But yeah, in terms of cardio, I think it's, if someone hates cardio, like my client hates cardio, that's absolutely fine. So we find something that she enjoys, which is the dance yeah. class, and that is where she's going to get her benefits from. You know, if someone else wants to go and run uh, half marathons, I'm like, yeah, go do that. We'll, 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 we'll focus on that. That will be the priority in your training. We'll put that at the forefront and then we will add some resistance training just to complement that. But yeah. again, we're, we're, we're focusing on what the client wants, what the client enjoys, and then we're sprinkling with that what the client needs. So I always say, you know, focus on what they want, but give them what they need. And we do that with nutrition, you do that with training, you do that with, with all sorts. And that's 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 what coaching essentially is. It's you're meeting the person where they are and you're bridging the gap from where they are to where they want to be. Yeah, brilliant. No, that that's like I couldn't have put it better myself. And that it's just getting that balance is just so important. And yeah, that what they want to do, again, back to that sustainability and the enjoyment, um, and just that it's like literally the recipe for success. But anyway, I would love to talk a little bit about your content for a minute, right? So um, you're absolutely lashing out the videos at the minute. Um, and it's funny because I was saying to a couple of people that I, that I work with or whatever that I was um, interviewing you today. And they're, oh, Carl, I love Carl's videos. Like, so, you know, you're you're spreading the word. Your name is is kind of really getting out there now, which is brilliant. Your content, like, it's real. It's funny. Um, like, you can really get your personality through on it. Um, but like then most importantly as well, your message is always clear. It's to the point and like it's valuable information you're giving, but you're doing it in such a funny way. Like it's really entertaining. So I'd love if you'd like give us a little bit of the thought process behind the videos and, you know, that. I'm just I'm just honestly, Kate, I'm addicted to creating content at this point. I love yeah. it. I love I love um, obviously what it, like in the last six years, whatever, I, uh, whatever, like we talked about, you're going to do what you enjoy doing, right? So, like, I love fitness, right? And if I can do fitness in any sort of form in the next, you know, 20 years, and that will obviously change as we go. Like we talked about, I was doing the in-person personal training. I loved that when I was doing it. I was doing the boot camps. I loved that when I was doing it. You know, I, I transitioned online. I, I loved uh, coaching online and, and speaking to people on a daily basis and doing it in a more personal way. I love that. And you know, now I love creating content. I love doing videos. I love and thinking about a fitness message and then trying to trying to get that across using my personality but also providing uh, you know a sprinkle of education on there so people can kind of you know 
absorb that and take take it in because like like i would listen to an hour podcast you know going going in detail on um you know nutrition for good health or uh uh, the misconceptions of intermittent fasting and stuff like that. Like pe- in social media, people don't want to hear that. Like they want yeah. 15 seconds of entertainment or 20 seconds of entertainment and then they're constantly scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah. So if you can get a message across really quickly that's entertaining, but also gives them some something that they can take forward. And to be fair, most of my messages um, on social media is like drink the glass of water. I know, you had, I know you had a coffee this morning. You look like a dried up braise and have a glass of water. You know what I mean? Little simple things, like little reminders, like I know you forgot to eat today. I know you've been on the go all day. You know, you're going to raid the presses later because you're starving. Eat a meal. You know, have a, have a chicken and ham sandwich. Have something. It doesn't matter. Like So little simple messages like that. But if you can get them across in 20, 30 seconds, like it's ideal. And obviously I was when I started, like anything, didn't know what I was doing. Terrible at it. I feel like over the, I've been doing it consistently now since, since probably 2019, 2020. So maybe three, three and a half years of. of so again, you're, you're, you're ahead of the game when it comes to this stuff, because I think like most people obviously are just consumers of social media. I don't think they realize how hard it is to get that right. That level of entertainment person, yeah. bringing personality across in a video and actually getting your point across in a 30 second space is really hard to do. Yeah, really hard. And, but, Does it like, take you long? Is, does yeah, it, it does take it, it does like people see a 30 second video, they don't see three hours put into it from writing the content up to preparing the right um the right area to film in terms of lighting, in terms of um audio, in terms of editing down the video. So like they see a 30 second video, but it could have took you three hours, could have took you two hours. Now obviously the more I do it, the quicker I get at it, like everything else that we did talk about earlier, meal preppers or, you know, going to do a training session. The the more you do something, the more efficient you're going to get at it. And I have started to get more efficient at it. But again, this is three, four years in the making. People see the finished product, but they don't see all the work put behind it. So like it's like when I first started doing videos, I was even talking on camera. Yeah, it's uncomfortable at the start. Like you, you'll notice yourself, like you, you're this is a very unnatural thing. I'm just talking to the camera, there's no one in front of me. But mm. obviously the more you do it, the, the better you get at it, the more comfortable you get. And then you can start to finally start to show your personality, which I think I'm only starting to show my personality, personality now. Whereas maybe like three years ago, it was like me just thinking about educational content and trying to get mm. that across. You know, no, that's people are going to be like, boring, so slide to the next video. So mm. it, it, it takes time, but I feel like I am getting better at it. And the most important thing is that I enjoy doing it. Like, I, I, I feel creative when I do it. I get a little bit of, of a buzz about doing it. Otherwise, I would have quit ages ago because for ages, nobody was was watching my videos or listening to my videos. But I still enjoyed the process of doing it. So I, I kept at it anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely keep doing them because there's so much value in them and people are really enjoying them. And it's not just entertainment. Like, you know, the entertainment side of it is brilliant. But the fact that, like, you know, you're actually giving people information that they can use is, is brilliant. Um, so anyway, the last thing I wanted to just talk about before we finish up was um in relation to your content. So like the clear message that I get when I look through a lot of your content is about this balance between um having a social life and being fit and healthy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there a lot of people see it as polar opposites. And I know yeah. from working yeah, with my own, you know, it's like literally like a seesaw, you go flying yeah. out one end. Yeah. Um, but um, that even with my own clients, that when social events come up 
um, it can always be a bit of a barrier. It can be one to throw you completely off course. Yeah. Personally, myself, I don't tend to have a lot of social. It's, I find it much easier to be fit and healthy now because I have three kids. I'm nearly 37. I'm like, yeah. I don't go many places. I don't really want to. I like being at home in the evening times. It yeah. makes it easier. And I think back to 10 years ago when I'd still be going out a lot and stuff. And I wonder... And like yeah, I and a lot of my clients are my age as well. So it's like our social events are much more few and far between in general. Yeah. But yeah. then obviously I have a few people that you know that do like to socialize and socialize a lot more. So I was wondering if you could give them a, some advice because you'd definitely be better at this than me because I'm just like oh I don't know I'm boring. <laughs> and well, what? How do you balance that? You know, getting out, going for a few drinks, whatever it is, and then managing to kind of keep yourself in relatively good shape and health health wise as well. Well. To be fair now, like as as much as I'll be an advocate of, of going out of enjoying yourself, of having the high caloric meal, there's we we still have to have that conversation with clients saying, listen, if you want to change, something needs to change. So like even though I'm like, yeah, you go out, you can enjoy your drinks, you can have the pizza, you can have the chocolate, you like you can have your indulgences, but you just can't have all the indulgences. So there is, there does have to be a degree of restriction there. There does, does have to be some sacrifice, but it's about what are you willing to sacrifice, all right? And as much as I've, for my whole life, has have always kind of gone out, you know, enjoyed a party, enjoyed the after party, the after after party. So we've all like, been there. <laughs> yeah, like, but but to be fair, I don't really like. Even I was out last weekend, and you know, I knew I had a big week of work ahead of me, and I was like, you know what, I'm not, I don't want to have a hangover this weekend, so I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna have non-alcoholic beers and I did that and I got up the next day and I worked and that was the sacrifice I was willing to make right what I wasn't willing to make was to not go out at all and not to you know see my friends and socialize I was like no I'm still going to do that because I think that's still important uh part of my life that I still you know go out and socialize and and so on and so forth so there's things that you have to be willing to sacrifice and then there's things that you shouldn't be willing to sacrifice and I always uh, say this in terms of um in terms of uh dietary habits and stuff like that it's like okay we need to find the things that you're willing to sacrifice and the things that you're not willing to sacrifice well i'm not willing to sacrifice my takeaway once a week that's perfect because you can still see great results and have a takeaway every weekend so we need to choose that indulgence but we also need to make sure that we're doing everything outside of that indulgence in, in order to see the results that you want so that would be okay you've gone from not working out to now working out three times a week there's a tick that's going to see his progress in the same way you've gone from being completely inactive to getting six thousand seven thousand steps a day boom there's another tick that's going to see us pushed in the right direction you've gone from regularly skipping meals and over indulging in the evenings to making sure that you've structured three meals a day in and you know you've based that around you know 30 grams of protein and you've got your fiber for the day and there's another tick so you're doing all these great things that are going to push you in the direction of progress realistically having that one takeaway a week isn't going to stop you from seeing progress all right so we need to create a little bit more balance in terms of pushing you towards your your health and fitness goals or your weight loss goals whatever whatever the case may be so there does still i'm I, as much as i as i push that you can you know go out and enjoy yourself and see results i'd still put a sprinkle on that which still needs to be sacrificed but it's about choosing what your sacrifices are. Now, yeah, so like planning for it, for example, like if you if you know you have a night out coming up Saturday night, that you'll you'll, yeah. you'll keep everything fairly tight in the run up to it. Like, and, yeah. yeah. What I what I what I say is that to people that want weight loss, and I have the conversation with them first because we need to kind of picture what they want out of their life, 
And most of them, they just want to feel a little bit more confident actually going out on that social event. They might not go out every weekend, that's fine. But when they do go out, they want to feel confident when they're going out. But it's, so then, like, we don't sacrifice the thing you want for the thing that you're that's supposed to get it. So the thing you want is to be able to go out and feel confident in that dress and to enjoy, you know, be present in, be present with your friends, be present on that night out and not be, you know, overly concerned about how you look and be in your head the whole night that you're out. So that's the thing that we want. So by saying to you that, oh, well, you're on a weight loss journey, so you can't go out, like that, that contradicts everything that we want because what we want is for you to actually go out and enjoy yourself and not to be in your head the whole time about how you look. So we're sacrificing the thing we want for the thing that's supposed to get it. So what we need to do is we need to make sure that, you know, you're seeing progress in some sort of way, but we're not sacrificing the thing you want. It goes back to core values. It's like, I I put it this way, right? A, a core value of yours, Kate, is probably your family, right? To, to, to be the best mom you can and to be present with your kids, right? So therefore, you're going to use weight loss or exercise as a tool in order to enhance that experience, enhance the experience that you're more present with your kids, that you show up as a better mum because you're in a better mood because you're looking after yourself. All right. So, so your core value is your children is your family. All right. So we don't sacrifice the thing we want for the thing that's supposed to get it. So if I was to be your coach and I was like, uh, you know, let's say Friday night, you wanted to bring the kids to the cinema and I was like, Oh no, no, you have a training session on Friday night. Well, we're literally contradicting the one thing that you're trying to do, you know, for the thing that's supposed to get it. So you're trying to show up as a better mom. Showing up for a better mom is going to the cinema, enjoying them precious moments with your kids. All right. It's not to, to be training three times a week. You're training three times a week in order to show up as a better mom. So we don't sacrifice the thing you want for the thing that's supposed to get it. And then I, I talk about this in terms of... Uh, soulful soulful weight loss which is okay we're losing weight in order to give you the confidence to do the thing that you want to do more of and if the thing you want to do is to be able to go out and enjoy yourself then we don't need to sacrifice that but we do need to make compromises around that in order to enhance that experience when you go out yeah uh, no that is so so good such a good answer amazing um last question what does the word health mean to you putting you on the spot now so I'll give you a second health to me means being healthy enough to go for a hike and enjoy it so I remember when I was uh, in Colombia and uh, we went on this unbelievable hike and uh, the view from the top unbelievable tough hike to go on it's about an hour long and uh, I remember seeing this American family and they were quite overweight and you know, the mum was there and she was like, oh, you all go on and I'll wait at the, at the bottom here because she wasn't, she wasn't healthy enough, she wasn't fit enough to actually go and experience the hike with the two kids and the husband. So they actually went and she stayed at the bottom. And for me, I was like, that's sad because she should be, you know, someone should be able to help her to, to get to a position where she's healthy enough to be able to go and enjoy them moments, to be able to go on the hike and experience the view at the top and experience that with our family and enjoy that moment. So for me, health is creating habits and creating behaviors so you can become the fittest, strongest, the healthiest you can be in order as a tool, as a the vehicle to drive you into enjoying life. All right. And enjoying life might be being able to hike to the top of the mountain and enjoy the view. You know, it might be being able to uh, have the fitness levels to keep up with your kids out the back garden. You know, it might be to be able to 
throw on a night out and you know feel comfortable and feel confident and be able to dance on the dance floor all night and not be out of breath and not be you know sweat dripping off your head and so on and so forth like it might be you know being able to have like the body confidence to be on the beach with your kids and in, in your swim gear and not being worried about other people looking at you so it's about your overall quality of life it's about using health to impact your life in a positive way and if we can use exercise to do that then that's what we do amazing yeah carl thank you so much for um coming on and chatting to me today there's literally so much value in so much of the stuff you said so like i'm really really telling everyone now go over to carl's instagram or his tiktok wherever you wherever you are on social media i'm everywhere (laughs) yeah he's everywhere he's yeah yeah you can't miss him search carla work fitness is it Carl O'Rourke Fitness underscore uh, on Instagram and, and the same on uh, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. Brilliant. And have you a website as well? I have a website as well, which is uh, carlo'rourkecoaching.com. Brilliant. Sure, I'll share all those in the, sh- in the show notes. So if anyone wants to connect with you, they'll be able to um, find you there. Yeah. Thanks hey, so much, Carl. Thanks so Talk much. to you soon.